Hey friends, great to be back with you. We are in part three of a series we began obviously two weeks ago and I began uh, sharing with you. I've shared some prophetic words. I've shared some scripture the last two sessions on what I believe uh, one of the things that is on God's heart in this season. And what is on God's heart is the raising up of the corporate man as never before. When we went into 2020, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, there's going to be a merging together as never before of apostles and prophets. And there's also going to be pioneers coming together in the earth as never before. The task that the Lord has given us to transform nations, to bring heaven to earth, cannot be accomplished unless it is the entire body of Christ functioning as God intends us to function. One of the reasons we've been so deficient in reaching the world in the extent that God wants us to. Doesn't mean that there's not good things happening in the earth. Doesn't mean that God's not moving and he certainly is. In fact, I say this all the time and it's not not because I need something to say or because it's hype. This is the greatest time to be alive. But we need to maximize the moment that we are in. And as this is a key verse for me, serve the purposes of God for our generation. That the choices we make as the people of God, the next generation will benefit and they will live and see fruit way beyond anything we've dreamed. And we might see things, even as it talks about uh, people in, in Hebrews 11, we might see things and begin to prophesy and declare them and make choices. We might see things in the spirit that we will make choices so that others who come after us, they will get to live in the benefit of it. And we are responsible for doing that. I say this over and over again, I tell the story, of my grandfather, Julio Lopez, who paved the way to, for me, when I received the call of God into ministry, he paved the way as a minister of the gospel to, uh, so that when I stepped into the assignment that God has given me, I would not have to face some of the things that he had to overcome. And now I've been given this baton to overcome certain things, to pave paths, to pioneer that when I leave the earth, there'll be a generation of people after me who don't have to uh, face certain challenges I do and they can move and keep moving and moving and moving. The Bible teaches us a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So God is wanting us to be positioned correctly so that when we're the decisions we're making in the earth will leave the earth better and will allow the purposes of God to flourish and there's not constant pioneering in certain areas but we will keep advancing advancing and advancing and advancing the kingdom of God and the key to that is the corporate man rising up and we began in our first session we talked just a little bit uh, we began to open up with the story of Joseph as a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, we began to look at certain characteristics of his life. And I shared something prophetically. Last week, we, we, we looked at, uh, in the Apostle Paul writings, his emphasis on that Jesus can only accurately be expressed when the corporate man rises up. And I want to go back uh, to uh, uh, in this section 
in this program today to uh, talking about Joseph and his individual uh, 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 process that he walked through that we see in his life that is very applicable to our life today as individual believers as we as we walk in our God-given purpose and assignment. And I'll say it again, I probably said it on the previous broadcast, no one comes to earth without a purpose. Purpose is common to all of humanity. Humanity longs to be significant and have a purpose because we've been created to rule the world under the dominion of God. And so instinctively, inside of uh, the image of man is this desire and this, this knowing in his heart that they're supposed to be amazing, excellent, and awesome. And obviously we know as believers that truly can only be done under the dominion of God because we weren't created to take care of ourselves. But I want to uh, just review certain things from the life of Joseph, and then we will uh, uh, keep moving back, uh, uh, keep moving forward, certain things that we talked about uh, specifically in the first session. If you haven't seen that broadcast, I encourage you to uh, go back and look at it. But we saw that Joseph was loved and favored by his father in heaven, excuse me, by his earthly father, and we too are favored. Favor, the favor of God is to cause us to have uh, advantage over the world that we live in, advantage over the world that we live in, so we can serve the world. But if you're in Christ, you have the favor of God that causes the limitations of the Babylonian system to not be applied to you. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. And as you walk out God's purpose for your life, the hand of God in the unseen realm, as you obey, as you as you lean into the Lord, as you as you cooperate with the plans of the Lord, the hand of the Lord will do uh, will, will, will do things beyond that you could never do in your own natural strength. And Joseph is favored. We see even in his immaturity, he is favored. God favors immature and weak people to walk out his purposes. He favors people who've made mistakes. He's favored people who've who've missed turns in life. He favors people because people are the avenue, specifically his people, are the avenue for which he uh, releases his purposes in the earth. And we see that just because that Joseph is favored, it doesn't mean he doesn't have difficulty, but it means that God is with him. And we'll, we'll explore this a little more in just a few minutes. God is with him to overcome every difficulty. I would say just because it's difficulty, just because it's challenging, just because it's uncomfortable, doesn't mean that God is not in it. And I'm telling you, God is looking for people and desires of people who will go it for the long haul, who will, who will, uh, who, who realize that this is not a sprint, but day to day discipline living in the things of God is what consistently will produce the fruit of God in your life. And then we saw that God speaks to Joseph in a dream. It was God's dream for uh, God's dream and part of his purpose for the earth to eventually bring redemption to his people. But he gives it to a young man. And he says, I'm putting my dream in this young man for my purposes to be fulfilled. What dream have you come to the earth uh, that, that, that has brought you to the earth that God desires to fulfill in your life. And it might be as, as, as uh, simple as uh, just uh, pioneering, maybe going to college for the first time in your family, 
pioneering, breaking the spirit of poverty off your family, pioneering, be the first one uh, in your family who doesn't have a child outside of wedlock, pioneering, not being drug addicted. These are things, these are dreams that God puts on the, that God desires for people, excuse me, for families, for cities, for regions, and he puts it inside of people to fulfill it. So God speaks to Joseph in a dream. God gives Joseph a picture of his future. The dream was a seed that Joseph needed to receive in faith to enter into the future as God intended. That's very, very important. Joseph had to believe that dream was true for that dream to become a reality in his life. This is a big deal. I see many believers who there is a purpose, even they have the word of the Lord, God spoke to them, or they they know that they know that God has spoken to them, but there is not an intentional, Lord, I receive this, that no matter what comes my way, and we know that Joseph faced some very, very difficult situations, that no matter what comes my way, I am, this is God has spoken and God will, and God will be faithful to his word. So Joseph needed to receive the stream. Now this is also important. On the outside of Joseph's circumstances, not one thing changed. In fact, he might've been a little mature and he's like telling his brothers, he's telling his fathers, Hey, this is my dream. And, and they get mad at him. There wasn't, a, there, there, there wasn't uh, uh, Joseph's father, even though the Bible says he kept the matter in line, mind, Joseph's father didn't sit down and go, son, well, how can we, how can we, how can I help you fulfill this dream? Let's look at some, co-. it wasn't like that. His own family despised him for the dream that he had, his own family. Dreams and words from the Lord are intended to shape us from the inside out. Very, very important. Our belief and our trust in God is supposed to define the world around us. It is the inside. We live in an inside-out kingdom. The world system is, uh, uh, my money's out there, my favor's out there, my promotion's out there. In the kingdom of God, it's inside-out. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Good teacher, what do we need to do to do the works of God? This is the work of God that you may believe, that you may trust. So as you trust from your heart, that which is on the inside, the internal choice of belief becomes behavior. And as you practice it, it becomes a lifestyle. Uh, so try, uh, the, our internal belief system is what defines our external, re- uh, external realities. Everything that God does is relational. His dream, his prophetic vision, and therefore his promise was a fundamental aspect of Joseph's identity. Our future is defined by agreeing with God today. I believe the day that Joseph received those two dreams, he goes, this is going to happen if I'll stay the course, if I'll trust God, God will do it. So when do when does your prophetic word, when does your prophetic destiny begin to come into alignment? It's the day you agree with it. I remember at 18 years old, I had this uh, life-changing moment with the Lord. The Lord, uh, I, I never desired to be in ministry. God, God speaks to me so clearly, so clearly. I, I've never ever doubted it since that time. In fact, I'm afraid to find out what would have happened if I didn't follow God's course for my life. And uh, and so uh, God speaks to me, 
But uh, even though I knew something had shifted on the inside of me, I was still 18 years old. I was still a college freshman, and uh, and I. But I knew that this is what God had spoken to me, and I just had to stay the course and trust God to fulfill His word. I want to say it again: God will be faithful to fulfill His word. The uh, so. The, I say that because I said I believe. When did my when did the 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 uh, God begin to work, to begin to bring to pass the assignment He had on my life? I believe it was before the foundation of the earth, but it began to be activated the moment I said yes, Lord. I trust this. I believe this. Jesus taught us. Uh, he said, "Blessed." He taught obviously said this to Thomas. Blessed are those who believe but never see. Because eventually what you believe is supposed to become what you see as reality in your life. Everything we see in this world is made by an unseen realm. You can't see somebody's belief system, but you can see the evidence of that belief system. So, the Joseph's dream was an invitation to the heart and the character of God. Joseph's dream was an invitation to a mindset and a lifestyle that would conform him to one who fulfilled the dream. Uh, many times when God speaks to me certain things prophetically, he says, hey, this is something I'm going to do in your life. And sometimes it's, it's just beyond my place of living. One of the questions I've learned to ask myself is, God, what in my mindset needs to change to inherit this promise? Joseph became fully persuaded that is uh, in, in his dream from heaven. God wants us fully persuaded. And I love this about, uh, about Joseph's dream. Joseph has this amazing dream. His, 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 his own brothers are going to bow down to him. But in the dream, that God does not tell him about any of the conflict he's about to face. There's nowhere in that dream where it tells him, you're about to face this difficulty. And I, and I, and I chuckle because I know that to be true about God in my own life. I think God goes, man, even back, even, I'll go back to when I was 18. God, you're gonna, you know, I see myself going around the world preaching the gospel. I know I'm called to preach the gospel. I know there's an assignment on my life to do that. And he doesn't tell me about any of the challenges, any of the difficulty that I'm going to walk through. Why? Because I believe he wants us to be anchored in hope that even though we're about to face some difficult things, we will see God fulfill his word. He wants to anchor us in hope and promise that no matter what we're facing, God will fulfill what he's asking us to fulfill. In the meantime, he is usually doing a very deep internal work in our life. I remember years ago, I was, uh, I was, I've been reading about, uh, reading the story of Joseph over and over again for many years. And I said to, I said, Lord, uh, can you, can you share something with me? Cause I know that you're kind. I know that you're good. I know that you don't abuse people. I know that you don't send evil towards people. And, but tell me about Joseph. He went through some difficult stuff. And I always remember, I, I, I was like riding down this hill, uh, going somewhere to minister. Remember I had a Honda Accord then. And he said, it was my mercy and my grace that allowed Joseph to walk through the process so he could carry the internal weight 
date of the assignment that I wanted to do in his life. God actually allows what he could prevent in his power, situations of conflict for the purpose of shifting and maturing our hearts. And then he said to me, I want to build an immovable foundation in a generation of Joseph's. And foundation, we know, is what holds a structure together. So there was no wasted time before Joseph fulfilled uh, uh, the dream that God had given him and even began to walk in that authority. We see that the hand of God is on him, but also that God is activating him in certain things. And that stewardship is an essential element of Joseph's life. Uh, Part of what Joseph had to walk through was process. And this is something that many, many believers, that's not a very popular thing. Process, I I, I define it this way. Process is uh, the uh, the journey to trust and learn to live by faith in every season. Joseph is going to have to learn how to trust God in very, very difficult and even oppressive environments. In process, God's, God desires to establish you in a solid foundation, on a solid foundation, excuse me, but the enemy is also trying to strip you of your dream. One day, we know the story goes, and I encourage you to read it. One day, Joseph is sent by his father's uh, by his father to go excuse me to go check on his brothers. His brothers see him coming from afar off. Their first thought is to kill him. Listen, the enemy wants to destroy the dream and the purpose of God on the inside of you. He cannot do that if God's hand is on you. But he will cause often situations, circumstances that will try and get you off track. That will try and get you offended, that will try and get you bitter, because this is exactly what happens. Joseph's own brothers, his own brothers who should be encouraging him, man, you go dream that, you know, that that's that's a healthy, what, what normally a, a healthy uh, uh, people do, encourage other people, encourage their own family members, but their first thought is to kill him. They couldn't kill him because God's hand was on him. And then they think, well, let's not kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. Joseph is betrayed by his own brothers. The enemy will often, this is a classic picture, he will try and define us by the difficulty that we're in and by the pain that we have experienced by others on the road to fulfilling major purposes he's brought us to the earth for. Look at uh, Genesis, uh, if you want to follow along, Genesis 37, verse 23. So it came to pass, when Joseph came to his brother, they stripped him of his tunic. What they were, what were they, what were they doing? That tunic was a sign of God's favor upon Joseph. And so they try and strip on the outside. They try and strip him of that thing and the tunic of many colors that was given him. God established what God wanted to. God, excuse me. God established Joseph in that dream. Yet the enemy is trying to strip him of his identity and tell him you don't have any favor. Joseph is put into a barren place, Genesis 37, 24. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. God allowed Joseph to be placed in a barren place. God, this is one thing I've learned, God does not bring us in a bar- into barren places to destroy us, but to teach us 
how to become an oasis. Listen, this is we were touching on just a minute ago. He's in a place that is barren, that is difficulty. It is totally contrary to his dream, but he's got a promise from the Lord that no matter what his environment is, he can choose to keep trusting God. And we know he obviously he's going to see he chooses to uh, to to um to have integrity, and he's and he's choosing to define his environment by the dream that God gave him. Often I see people, they, you know, they, they might say, I got, man, I got this idea for a business and I, or I'm called to ministry or I, I believe in this. And I often find many times that dream is certainly from the Lord, but they don't steward the moments that they are in properly to position themselves for advancement. Here's a key question we need to ask ourselves when we're in process. Am I making choices that position myself for advancement in the purposes of God? And we see here that Joseph is, is betrayed. Genesis 37, 27 and 28. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh. Then his brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by so that the brothers pulled up Joseph and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took, uh, and they, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Joseph is betrayed. I often see that interpersonal relationships and difficulty that people experience, whether it be a divorce, whether it be a, a ministry where things didn't quite go well or people were mistreated. And I'm certainly not suggesting that's correct, but often these become key crossroads in people's destiny. I've observed things. I've observed people who navigate it well, choose to forgive, choose to let go, and they seem to advance at an accelerated pace. Many times people, I see them abort their destiny because in difficulty, they choose the wrong posture. I want to encourage you, if you're walking through difficulty even right now, choose the correct posture. And then Joseph, uh, we, we know, begins to serve Potiphar, Genesis uh, 39, 1 and 2. And Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, captain of the guard in Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, keep that in mind, and he was successful. And he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that, that the Lord made all that he did, all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight, excuse me, and served Potiphar and served him. Then he made him an overseer of his house and all that he put under his authority. So it was from that time he made him overseer of his house and all that he had and the Lord blessed Catch that, it's very, th these verses are chock full. And bless the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house and in the field. Few things I want to pull out here. He is serving, he's a slave of another man, yet, in verse 2, it says that the Lord was with Joseph. God does not leave you even though he's allowed you in a difficult or a barren place. Say that over and over again when you're going through. I've said it over and over again in my life. God is with me. God has not forsaken me. And the, but this is this is fascinating to me. 
Some translations, but this translation I read says he's successful. Other translations said he was prosperous. It's, the Bible says that Joseph is prosperous even though someone else owns him. Very, very interesting. How are you prosperous when you're the slave of another man? The inside. Joseph had a prosperous heart. And because he had a prosperous heart, what was on the inside of him came on the outside, uh, was, was recognized on the outside. This is an unsaved man who recognizes that Joseph, the hand of God is on Joseph and that he has a wisdom to govern and have authority to make his house function exactly as he needs it to function. This is amazing to me. This unsaved un, man who's, we wouldn't say un, unsaved here because it's Old Testament, but a man who is not part of the covenant recognizes that Joseph's, God's hand is on Joseph and the blessing of the Lord is on Joseph. He is a slave, but the blessing of the Lord is still on him. And the blessing of the Lord is not benefiting him except putting him in a position of authority. Now also watch, I also I want to encourage you also, as you read this story, it's amazing to me that we know that Joseph doesn't go to school, he doesn't go to university. He's going to be, when he fulfills his dream, the equivalent to a prime minister in a nation. What is God doing even in the middle of all this difficulty? He is giving him experience in leading, in governing, and in organizing. And I find this is another thing many, many believers don't want to do in their appropriate sphere of influence. They don't want to take the time to gain the experience for where God wants to take them. I talk to sometimes people, I'm called to ministry, I want to be a minister of the gospel. They don't they, they're not someone who practices regular disciplines. They're not someone who reads the Word. They're not someone who listens constantly to teaching. They don't educate themselves uh, in, in reading books or understanding uh, about gifting they want. They are not stewarding properly. So we see, and here's the final thing I want, I, I want, to, I want to jump on. I, I, want, to, I want us to, to, to point out here, and it's this, that Joseph... The blessing of God on Joseph is benefiting Potiphar. It is not benefiting him directly. This is a huge deal. We have to live as believers, as kingdom people. We have to be people who, as we walk out the purposes of God, that the blessing of the Lord benefits us others before directly we have to be able to serve others that even though the blessing of the Lord might benefit them before it directly benefits us that we still serve the world properly now we know that day after day Genesis 39 6 through 10 we'll read it here thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not uh, did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his wife uh, cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, "And she said, lie with me." But he refused. And he said to his master's wife, "Look, my uh, uh, look, my master does not know what is with me, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I." nor has he kept back 
anything from me. But you, because you are his wife, how then, how then can I do this great wickedness? Now notice the phrase he uses is really important scriptures here. Uh, how, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was just as he, she spoke. So it was she spoke to Joseph day by day, and he did not heed her to lie to lie with her or to be with her. Now that's extremely important here that she comes to him day after day after day and his response was if his response was how can i sin against god joseph had the fear of the lord the fear of the lord caused him to have integrity what is the fear of the lord the fear of the lord is where we take god seriously in every area of our life and notice it wasn't just one day but day after day after day he chose to stand in the fear of the lord and because he we, we know because he chooses he chooses the fear of the lord uh, most people think probably there's something a little strange going on. Probably the husband doesn't quite believe uh, Joseph was trying to rape his wife because most people think back then you would have been killed. And, but instead he gets him out of the house and now Joseph is thrown in prison for something he did not do. Genesis 39 verse 21. I love this because the Bible emphasizes this in the narrative about Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph and excuse me, get some water here. The Lord was with Joseph, excuse me, and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. Notice again, he is getting experience being an administrator. Even though he's in prison, God is giving him experience in, 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 uh, in the thing he's going to do when he's walking out that dream that God gave him. And, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph, uh, committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever they did it there, it was his doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because Joseph, because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Two things again. Joseph's, the hand of God is on Joseph. The blessing of God is, re, is apparent. And then also, I just said it a moment ago, the, um, Joseph is stewarding, uh, excuse me, Joseph is, is given authority to administrate, which is going to be a major part of the job that he has. And he is also, here is the net, here's a, a, a young man who's going to shape a nation, yet he is in a prison. No one knows who he is. His father thinks he's dead. Hiddenness is often a necessary, necessary aspect of the journey. Hiddenness is often a time of preparation. Now, I wrote this uh, in my journal one day. When we ask how long or why is it not happening more quickly, we highlight a place in our mindset in which we lack an understanding of the nature of God. When we do not understand the nature of God, we, we, uh, the nature of God, the tendency is to think and to act with an orphan mindset. I remember years and years ago, uh, I was... Uh, I, I was 
uh, I thought I was praying, but more I was just really complaining to the Lord. And I was, I was telling him over and over, I was, I was, excuse me, I was telling him, God, you said you would do this and I don't see this. God, you said you would do this and I don't see this. God, you said you would do this and I don't see this. God, you said you would do this and I don't see this. God, you, and I heard the, the Lord speak to me. It was like real loud in my spirit, almost felt like an audible voice. I don't think it was an audible voice, but it was so loud. There's many times that the Lord just speaks to me so loud in my spirit. And he said to me, he said, uh, Abner, I don't waste any time. People waste my time, and I'm not wasting your time. If you will steward what I've put in your hand right now, I will do everything I've told you I would do. And so we, we, we need to recognize that if we're in Christ and we're, we're, we, are, we are leaning into Him and obeying as He's told us to do, there is a preparation and there, there is a stewardship that he expects on our part that you see in the life of, of, of Joseph. Now, we know that the butler and the baker end up in, in, in prison. Pharaoh has put these two guys in prison and Joseph looks at them one day and he goes, guys, why are you sad? I, I, I encourage you to read that. We won't read that in this, in this program today. But I, I've always kind of chuckled there because he says, why are you sad? It always makes me think that um, Joseph probably wasn't sad. I don't, think he I don't think he was enjoying his season in prison, but I don't think he was in the same disposition as these guys. And they tell him, hey, listen, we've been put there and, and, and we've been put here and, and we, we, we got this dream uh, from, uh, we had this dream last night and Joseph interprets their dream and he interprets their dream and he, and, and both dreams come to pass. Unfortunately, one of the guys uh, uh, gets killed by Pharaoh. The other is restored. And I want to look uh, specifically at uh, Genesis uh, chapter 40 because I want us to see something. He interprets their dream, and, and one of the things he tells them at the end, at, at the end of interpret their dreams, after they're taken out of prison, he says, "Hey guys, can you help me out here? I've been put here unjustly. Can you tell some, Can you tell the right people to get me out of here?" But this is what happened, and it came. Uh, this is Genesis 40. Excuse me. And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Jeba, uh, uh, I'm looking at the wrong place. Genesis 40, verse 20. Now it came to pass on the third day, this is what I want to read, excuse me, on the, on, the, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that they made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. Yet the butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. I, I, I just always find that fascinating. Two things. It wasn't the right season of God. And I believe God also tells us when his hand is on your life, often you don't have to help God to move out of the difficult place that you're in. Verse uh, 1 and 2 uh, uh uh, excuse me, verse 1 of Genesis 41. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream and behold, he stood by the river. I want you to notice, two full years go by until, uh, go by until Joseph's 
time came. And uh, uh, I just want to keep going here. Verse 2, And suddenly there came, and, and the Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by a river. And suddenly there came out, uh, uh, out of the river seven cows, fine-looking, fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And then, and the ugly and the gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking fat cows. So Pharaoh woke, and he slept, and dreamed, and dreamed a second time. And suddenly, seven heads of the grain came up on the stalk, plump and good. Then behold, the seven thin, uh, thin uh, blighted of the east sprang up, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh woke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians and all, the, all its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was no one, there was no one, read that again, there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. And the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh and said, saying, I remember my faults this day. When the Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. Skip on to verse 14. Then the Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved his clothes and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said that you can understand a dream and interpret it. So Joseph answered, saying, It is not in me. God will give you, Pharaoh, an answer of peace. This is fascinating to me. You'll notice that, and the reason I emphasize that just a minute ago, no one could answer Pharaoh's dream. The fulfillment of God's purpose on your life is unique to you, and if you're in Christ, you're supposed to bring solutions to the world that no one else has been given. We, as a people, are to be put on display for the purposes of God. And we're to be put on display and answer questions even to wicked men for the shifting and the changing of nations. One of the reasons that Joseph came to earth was because he was supposed to be given an understanding of that. I love it because he, this is so, this is, this is, this is beautiful. Beautiful. God moves Joseph from a prison and he stands him before one of the most powerful men in the world after he has suffered so much difficulty and injustice. But his whole life is about to change. And I want to say to you, for many of you watching, your whole life is about to change and to shift as never before. And I love this. Pharaoh says, I heard that you interpret dreams. And he said, no, only God interprets dreams. And then Pharaoh tells him his dream and he interprets his dream. He became the voice of God to Pharaoh. No, no, no. Only God interprets dreams. And then he interpreted his dream. Joseph is a picture of what we are supposed to be in the body of Christ. He stands between God, we are, excuse me, we're supposed to stand between God and men and be the voice of God, be the solution, be the gatekeepers in 
the earth. And I love what he says. He doesn't just give the interpretation. He gives them the wisdom of what should be done. And he doesn't say this might happen. He said, this is the will of the Lord. And there's a charge in the spirit. There's a charge from heaven for the people of God to bring answers and solutions for the things that are happening in the earth right now. The turmoil and the difficulty, the Lord would say, I will give understanding. I will give wisdom for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. I will give the wisdom. I will give the understanding. I will bring what is needed to my people if they will turn and listen, if they will shift and repent. For the Lord says, many of my people are even out of alignment. They're in wrong spheres of influence because they have followed even uh, the American dream and not the God dream. But the Lord says, this is, so there's a call, the Lord says, for divine alignment. Because as my people align with me, they will bring godly solutions and they will re release words that will come to pass. I don't know. I just see like a sea of people walking as one in this season, walking to the cadence and the rhythm of heaven, bringing healing and hope, speaking words that melt people's heart, speaking words that bring reconciliation, speaking words that open the heavens. For the Lord says, this is a time for my people to come alive in me as never before, come alive in the purposes of the Lord. For the keys of the shifting of this nation are, 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 I am willing and able to give to the people of God if they will heed my voice and my instructions in this season. I bless you to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. I bless you to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. I bless you to be everything that God has created you to be. And I command in the name of Jesus that you walk in the blessing of the Lord as never before. May the blessing of the Lord that is on your life, let it be apparent, let it be seen, and let it come forth in Jesus' name.